0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahr, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Building in Public, What to Share at Which Stage of Your Journey. The following episode is brought to you by Balsamic, the OG of low-fidelity wireframing tools. They've decided to support the Bootstrap Founder community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners, and I think that's really, really nice. The guest sponsor today is Innovate, the only CRM developed for the travel industry. Um, the founders, Narayan Malapur and Vikas Kanduri, are building a SaaS-based multi-sided marketplace, which will reduce the daily pains undergone by most in the travel industry and increase their productivity by at least 5x. And if you are a travel business owner, you'll find in Innovate a single application on which you can run your entire travel business from generating leads, quotations, by sell, pay, and operating... All of this affordably. They've acquired customers from 51 countries with $0 in marketing spend, which I find quite impressive. And they are currently self funded. So, bootstrappers who really understand what they're doing. Narayan and Vikas have been in this domain for over 25 years. They're incredibly passionate about travel and they really aspire to leave a legacy behind, so to say. And just go check out Innovate that's I N N O W A Y T. At innovate.com. The URL again is I-N-N-O-W-A-Y-T.com. And thank you so much again to Balsamic for generously supporting my listeners this way. If you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic, the wireframing tool, and I highly recommend this, visit balsamic.com/slash go slash bootstrapped-founder. Now let's get started talking about sharing and building a public. There's no recipe for success while building in public. But there are a lot of tried and trusted ingredients. So let's just fill up the spice rack today and put a few cans into the pantry for later. Let's talk about the things you can share and when to share them with building in public. Every business moves through several stages. We all start in the preparation stage where we conceptualize and plan our business. And once we have this minimum viable product, we take it to market and enter the survival stage where we fight quite literally for the survival of our business. We try to find a repeatable business model by experimenting a lot. And once we secure a way of running our business reliably, we then enter the stability stage, a time of similar change. We start hiring and build systems and processes and then continue to optimize our offering and how we talk about it. Finally, we end up in the growth stage where the business continues to serve more and more customers over time and big decisions are made. And each of these stages has specific challenges and opportunities. So we're talking about the preparation, the survival, the stability, and the growth stage here. What and how you communicate with your building public audience depends on which stage you're currently in. It makes no sense to share things like your detailed plans for selling your business before you even made the first dollar with it, right? Before you have your first customer. And similarly, sharing the 45th AB test somewhere and the results of it of your six-year-old business won't be as exciting or instructive as it would have been at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, where you try your first things and you get the first important results. So different things, different times. Understanding that building in public has two significant audiences is also important here. You have your prospective customers, so that's your professional audience, and your fellow entrepreneurs, which is your personal audience. Sometimes they overlap and other times they don't. When building in public, you want to create content for both groups as they have an equal impact on the success of your journey. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Serve them both and you'll create ample opportunity for yourself. So let's take a look at what can be shared when and how I'm going to talk about first, um, what works at any stage of your business. There's a couple things that will work at any stage Then I'm going to talk about the things you should do in the beginning in your preparation stage. Then again, survival, stability, and growth. And then we shall talk about the things that you can share that may not be the most positive, but the bad things need to be shared as well. So that's going to be the last part of all of this. So let's start with what works at any stage. Your audience will welcome certain kinds of messages at any point during the journey. Most of these messages are a bit meta. They'll cover strategic and tactical approaches to business in a more general way. That's why they work at any stage, because they're not stage-specific. And since they're not... Specific, they might need some context as you're sharing them. So always consider that you might need to contextualize this a little bit, but it will work at any stage. The first thing I want to mention is to explain decisions and the factors that went into them. That is something you can always talk about. People love to be part of your train of thought. There's something incredibly instructive about following the internal logic of a decision making process. No matter who does it, as as long as people explain it, it will be interesting. And the more you share about your mental models and how they apply to your thinking, the more your audience stands to learn. What is always interesting regarding your decisions and the factors that go into them is to also share the biases that you encounter along the way. That is something that few people do. And the more you notice bias in your own thinking and the more you talk about it, the more people will learn about things that they might not know are and, um with their own thinking is biased. That is super, super interesting. And if you catch yourself having negativity bias or having confirmation bias, you you, you know, biases are all, all over the place. And it's actually good to think about them and then trying to actively find them in your reasoning. The more you share that, the better, because that's going to be very instructive down the road for the people who are following you for thinking advice. And a similar thing that you can do at any stage is to communicate plans for the future and how you're going to go about it which is a it's another kind of decision but it's a, it's a goal setting decision and just like these just in time decisions that you make in your day-to-day operations explaining your long-term vision and how you arrived at it, the vision itself is incredibly attractive to your followers they get a glimpse into the future that you are planning to build they are getting uh, some insight into how you envision the world to be in the future. And this is a trust-building exercise. The more you share about your goals and the steps that you're going to take along the way, the more followers have a chance to see those steps become a reality. When you do the things that you promise to do, you become a trustworthy person and you become credible. So by talking about your plans and your goals and the steps you want to take, and then taking them, you're building a long term relationship. Another thing you should do and can do is to expose new and interesting insights that you gained into the entrepreneurial journey, your own entrepreneurial journey. Many of your followers will be just a few steps behind you on their own entrepreneurial journey. Most may not even have started building businesses, but Anything that comes out of your personal experience will be interesting to your followers. That's why they follow you. Even if it's something small or even something you already knew about before you experienced it in your business, there will always be someone out there for whom it's new, insightful, and potentially life-changing. When in doubt, even the most mundane learning is worth being shared because you never know where other people are. Always expose these new and interesting insights because... You never know who you might help right at this moment when you share them. And the same goes for things that you learned from other founders. Share the lessons that you learned from other entrepreneurs that impacted your strategy as well. Because we all run into obstacles along our journeys. Founders know fully well that there are unexpected challenges that can crop up any day. By sharing your learnings from those events, how the events came about and how they unfolded and how you overcame them. You hand other ego entrepreneurs the blueprint for expecting, experiencing, and solving those issues on their own journeys. And always imagine that, like I said, somewhere out there, someone is right where you were a few weeks ago or a few days ago, a few months ago, staring a new scary problem in the face that you have already understood, mastered, and overcome. You can be the guiding light in their darkest hour. So share lessons learned. The same goes on a more abstract level, I guess, for new paradigms that you encountered, but not in your entrepreneurial journey, but outside of entrepreneurship that then shifted your mindset, your business mindset. It is our in-the-trenches work, our day-to-day stuff that can blind us to alternative perspectives that we could hold. If you zoom out and share the bird's eye view on how you look at your entrepreneurial path, you might inspire your followers who can figure out the challenge in front of them to shift their thinking in ways that can get them unstuck. And oftentimes, this comes from non-entrepreneurial work, right? You watch a TV show, and people on that show interact a certain way that just, like, the, the little light bulb goes off in your mind, and you say, oh, this is a way I could interact with my customers. Or you just, you're looking for something, looking for furniture online, you go through the, the websites and their weird little store, and you see a pop-up, a certain kind of um, yeah, tool or something that you could incorporate into your own business. These things, they don't happen when you actively look for entrepreneurial solutions. They happen outside of it. But they affect your business perspective. And that is something that is an incredibly interesting narrative to share, right? If you can tell people, oh, well, I was looking for furniture, and now I have a I don't know, 20% better customer service tool, that is something interesting. And that is something that people will want to uh, enjoy and will enjoy. But, or maybe and, always be truthful. Always be truthful in what you share. That is, um, and since we're still talking about things you can share at any stage, you should always be truthful and honest. Don't inflate numbers up or down, doesn't matter. You're building in public and people do not like being lied to because we're all skeptical of what we're told in a world that is full of empty promises and self-serving marketing, right? We all sense lies and we don't like them. You will stand out by being honest. Building in public is a long-term activity. You're building long-term relationships and you want to create trust and meaningful relationships there. Honesty is incredibly attractive, particularly when flashy self-promoters surround you at all times. You will stand out by just being truthful. And I know it's often hard because we compare ourselves so much to others and others may have bigger numbers than you have. Others may have more perceived success than you may have. But the thing is, If you follow, if you just try to keep up with the Joneses, you're never going to build your own brand. You're always just going to be a pale imitation of others. So just talk about your own journey, be truthful, share proof of what you're talking about, and people will start trusting you. And that, that act of truthfulness and that act of honesty will get you to the places that others, that you might compare yourself to, are at this very moment. So that is one of the most central things I probably should have talked about this first, but you know, (laughs) I do what I want. So um, yeah, truth and being truthful is at the core of all building in public because otherwise it would just be lying in public. And I don't think people are too interested in that. Now let's just switch gears a little bit and talk about more presentational stuff. If you have a visual to accompany whatever you're doing, use it. People just love graphs, they love charts, in illustrations or notes, whatever, allowing for another sense than just the the reading of the text to perceive your information will make it more accessible. And accessibility is an important thing. A visual makes content more shareable and piques your viewer's curiosity when it appears in their stream. And it doesn't have to be a refined graphic either. It could just, I don't know, many founders and entrepreneurs out there have great success sharing photos of handwritten notes and sketches that they've taken on scraps of paper. Just remember that you're more relatable If you share work in progress content, people are sick of seeing the polished and over-optimized final version. They want to participate in the journey of the raw and imperfect. So if you wanna just visualize whatever you're doing, well, just draw a little graph or draw a little illustration on a piece of paper, take a picture and, and post it. Like that is extremely relatable. And you do not need to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on professional design agencies to do those visuals for you. That actually may detract from the relatability that they have. Like the more flashy and the more fancy it is, the less people will think this is actually what you think. Because then it's more about this is something that you made because you think that your viewers or your followers want to see that instead of being something that you actually want to share because it's your truth. So I personally don't do much illustration work, but I think I'm really looking forward to doing this in the future because I'm always scribbling stuff on my notes here or there. And I think this is something that you can leverage if you enjoy leveraging it. Of course, you don't have to do it, but it is something that people really resonate with. And just imagine a tweet or a message somewhere in the social media stream. That's easy to miss. A hand-drawn note, people will stop for that because it's rare to see them to begin with on social media because there is so much over-optimized image content. So that might just be a really good idea to get some additional eyeballs on your content. And since we're talking about using multimedia, talk about your, your stack, your tech stack in your business. And not just, I'm not just talking about which programming language you use, just share your tools, your infrastructure, and your processes too. Because peeking into the internal structure of a successful business is always interesting, no matter what part of your journey you're at. If people are just starting out, it gives them a blueprint of how to get things going. And if they're further ahead, it allows them to compare their current solutions with the alternatives out there. And if you do this regularly and share when you add and remove new services to your stack, um, that would be very, very exciting for your customers and for your viewers and for your um, followers, whoever's involved. People will really enjoy you keeping them up to date on how you're improving your business. Because it's incredibly alluring in a world of too many choices to see what and how you chose what's best for you. So share your stack, everything you use in your business. That's really, really interesting. The final thing for something that you can share at any point during a journey is to announce and talk about events, no matter if they are public or not, internal or external. If they're public, people have a chance to watch you perform on a webinar, YouTube, live stream, something like that. And if they're private, if they're an internal event, you have the opportunity to follow up and communicate summaries and unexpected learnings. Events will give you um, the opportunity to get people involved in your journey directly, either as a participant, again, if they're public, or a confidant, if they're private. And I'm just going to ex- give you an example in a second. Events are, for me at least, the nexus of forming relationships. And no matter if you're hosting a Twitter space or organizing a webinar or holding a private interview with a potential customer, someone out there will be interested in the process and the outcome of it. And I think customer interviews are great things to talk about. You don't share them. You, there's confidentiality, right? But you talk about what you learn and how you learned about it and what questions you asked and what worked and what didn't. This is stuff that every founder wants to know about. So by event, I don't mean big organized things like a conference or stuff like that. Just a chat that you had and an event in the timeline of the many events of your business. That is something that you can always talk about. Of course, if the other person is fine with it. You don't need to mention names. Usually that's quite easy to do. You just talk about them as your prospect or your customer or your friend or whatever. But talk about these little things, these little experiences, the stuff that your anecdotes come from. That is very, very interesting because it is a narrative, because it is a story. It is something that involves people and interactions and learnings. People will eat that up because it's meaningful and it's interesting. So let's talk about, um, finally, about things of of different stages, uh, different things you can share at different stages of your business. Start with the preparation stage at this point. Let's look at what you can share when you're just starting out on your entrepreneurial journey. This kind of content will be quite popular compared to the later stages because there are way more entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs than experienced founders out there. Just numerically, many more people start a business than get actually to see and grow one, right? It can motivate those people to take those crucial first steps if you share preparation stage specific stuff. So, here are the things you can share in those early days. The first and most important thing for me is to explain how you're making sure your assumptions are validated. And I talk about this nonstop. Like, whenever I talk about embedded entrepreneurship, I'm always talking about validation as a critical component to each step along the way of building a meaningful business. Because validation is one of the most important things to get right as a freshly baked entrepreneur from the start. If you show your followers how you approach validation, and invalidation efforts in your own business, you'll inspire and motivate them to question their own assumptions. This is one of the most important empowerment exercises you can do, because for Bootstrap founders, any additional amount of validation will be helpful to keep expenses low and spirits high. A Bootstrap business has to be successful because there's your own money in there. You're not using VC money by somebody else who expects you to likely fail. If you are self-funded, you better get things right from the start. So. Any learning about validation is something you should definitely share. And even if it's, I tried this and horribly failed, this is important too. So validation, assumptions, and sharing how you validate them. The second big thing is to share how you are adapting your business idea to prospective customer feedback. Because feedback is part of the validation cycle, but it's hard enough to talk to people in the first place. Like having customer service interviews That's complicated to begin with, but making meaningful changes to your course of action as a result of those conversations is even harder. Empathetic listening in a customer conversation is an acquired skill, and the more you can share about this, the more you'll teach your followers to build customer-centric businesses. They will learn that from you by you sharing it. And it works best if you share what the customer feedback was and how you boiled it down to an actionable item. Oftentimes, customers say one thing, but actually need something very different. So share how you distinguish these things. And you sometimes might be wrong, and you probably want to share that too. And then follow up on how your course changes impacted the grand vision of your business. Now, that is research on an individual level. There's also the more generic research. And you should also share the generalized results of your market analysis. You don't need to spill the beans and do all of the work for a potential competitor, but you can definitely translate your hard-earned insights into something interesting and exciting to share with your audience. Did you run into issues figuring out how many potential customers you could reach, or was there a particularly interesting data source that you discovered? Any issues reaching out to experts in the industry maybe? Share that, and maybe you'll even find a comment or two guiding you towards more comprehensive insights. That's kind of part of the the feedback cycle, right? You talk about this stuff, and then somebody in your audience might actually help you solving these particular problems. Finally, for the preparation stage, document the process of building your minimum viable product, your MVP. Your followers will love screenshots of the snapshots that you iterate on. Share as much visual stuff there, because if you're building, it's going to look different every single day or whenever you add something new. There's something captivating about seeing this history unrolling right in front of you. That's what your followers follow you for. They want to see you grow, and they want to see what you grow. They want to see your experiment, and they're excited to cheer for you every time you improve your product. So share and document the process of building your MVP. That kind of leads us into the pre-revenue phase, because to have paying customers, you'll need to get them to check out your product and get invested into wanting to pay for it, right? That's kind of what you need to get people to pay for it. You need them to be interested. And this is one of the hardest things to accomplish on your journey. And any learning you share will be most well-received by your ego followers here. And this is a sub-phase of the preparation phase because it leads into the survival um, phase. And here's what you can share during those last moments of your preparation phase where you're just rolling it all up. Share the experiments you're running to attract customers and what you learn from them. Social media channels are full of people trying to get their prospects' attention. Marketing is everywhere. We're inundated by marketing messages at all times. We might even be blind to the successful ones because we have become so adept at ignoring advertising in our day-to-day. Like on Twitter, when I see an ad, I ignore it. It might be awesome. I just see the sponsored by link and I don't look at the text. So when you share your intentional attempts at getting people excited for your business outside of your built-in public audience... There's a lot to learn for founders of all experience levels and maybe even your customers because some of them might want to market something if your customers are entrepreneurs themselves or people who are in a position where they need to do marketing or need to do sales attract customers of their own. This is always going to be interesting. So share those experiments you're running to attract customers. And then maybe as a subcategory here, document your paid advertising journey. How do you decide what copy to use for your Facebook ads? Or how much money do you invest into paid Twitter ads experiments? People are often afraid of the commitment that is needed to succeed at paid ads by showing the results of what worked and what didn't. You'll be motivating those entrepreneurs who are pinching every penny to try it out. Or you may be even proving them right to not spend money on this. Really, just document your journey. It might be great. It might really not be. Other people will find that valuable. So now we're going into the second stage of your business, the survival stage. Once you've found your first customers, you'll have different challenges than before. And so will the founders who follow you along your journey that are just just right behind you. Finding the right mix of features, pricing, customer service, and overall business strategy is hard. It's very hard. That's why entrepreneurship is so risky. But the more you share your learnings from this phase, the better you will equip your followers to navigate this crucial part of their own journey. So here's what can be done in the survival stage. First off, pricing. You share pricing experiments, both in terms of dollar values that you use for your plans or how much you charge, and the underlying pricing paradigms. Many founders operate under the assumption that if they just clone the pricing structure of a similar service, they're set for life. Of course they're not. Pricing is a moving target, and it should be an ever-changing experiment. So you do stuff with yearly plans or discounts or referral systems. Many of those concepts might be new or misunderstood by your audience. So help them, help them see the real world consequences of those pricing decisions and how you test them, explain it, share your resources. Pricing is a thing that every founder has trouble with. So help people by sharing what you learn and what worked and what did. not Pricing is one of the central things. People will always be interested in how pricing and, and your pricing choices and how that resonates with the market. And where pricing happens, features aren't really far because, you know, marketing and that kind of stuff. So share new features and how your customers respond to them. You can also share the messaging that you use to announce them to your customer base. Features are the lifeblood of a product and you'll need to add new ones over time because expectations and requirements grow. Many newly minted founders expect their product to be complete eventually. So that's not a thing. By discussing your feature development strategy and how you involve your customer base in the process, You can teach those followers that no product is ever finished and then how to best approach the feedback gathering process and the implementation process, the communication in there that's involved and how you keep this loop going so that your product stays in touch with the market and you deliver the necessary features and maybe the unnecessary features that you thought people wanted, but they didn't talk about that too. Like when when, when you create stuff and people don't like it or people don't use it, That is very interesting to share, because I can tell you, as a software engineer myself, I have built a lot of features that nobody ever wanted, nobody ever needed, and I wasted a lot of time on that. And it took me many, many years to even just remotely understand what makes a feature usable and how to quickly measure your feature adoption and the necessity to build them in the first place. Share your strategies on how you try to involve your customers into figuring out what to build and what not to build. And since I'm already talking about your early customers here, the last point for this survival stage is to shout out your early customers with their approval, of course. Your early supporters are likely in your built in public audience anyway. So you're interacting with them on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, depending on how active you are. By giving them a shout out, you honor their trust in you and your journey, and you give them a little bit of additional founder community credibility. They helped you start your business, you help them with some exposure as a helpful, supportive community member. That's a true win-win situation. Just make sure you ask them about this before you do. Some people would rather keep things private, but just say thank you. If you have to do it anonymously, do that. Share pictures with their names blurred out or something. Just shout out your early customers because it shows that you have customers. It's always a good idea. And it shows them that you care about them. So that is a thing you can and should do as early as possible. Survival stage is over let's talk about the stability stage at some point you'll find your stride and you'll have built a reliable way of selling your product over and over again that is kind of the engine of any business right you find a way so you can sell the same stuff to different people every single day multiple times and then they buy it again that is a business the challenges of this phase they're different now and they're often more complicated than in the prior stages there's there's more moving parts And you can start now to be very detailed in the content that you're sharing. Um, Two things here. One is share your roadmap. That is something that you may not have had before because you were just like building an MVP and trying to figure out what works. Survival, right? You change a lot of stuff to see how you can make money. But now you're in a stability phase. Now you actually have a, a working business. And this is a great opportunity to be meta, share your roadmap, and talk about what didn't make it onto the roadmap and why. Discuss your your roadmap in in how it came to be, what it contains, and and how it interacts and how you interact through it with your customers. Your future and current customers will love the level of detail that goes into planning future features when they see you talking about this. And your fellow founders will see an example of how fine-grained a roadmap can and should be, or maybe shouldn't, you know, you never know. Talking about the decisions behind the roadmap is a great long-term business content strategy that will delight your audience and force you to sharpen your overall strategy insight because to be able to explain your roadmap, you need to know what you want to be doing. So by forcing yourself to talk about your roadmap, you force yourself to think about your roadmap. And that is usually quite helpful. The second thing that is quite meta here is that you can explain your build in public strategy to your build in public audience by building in public and its place in your overall journey. Because in the stability stage, and we're talking that's usually like many months into the business, sometimes years, most successful founders start throttling the intensity of their building public strategy. They share fewer things. They become more opaque in the numbers that they make public. And they generally have more things on their mind than just consistently sharing business updates. A big business or a business that grows to a certain size becomes complicated. And sharing on Twitter might not be your number one activity anymore. So if this happens to you too, tell your followers why. They're invested in your journey and they deserve to learn why you're becoming less available and more secretive. What do you have to protect? Talk about why you're doing this. What have you experienced that makes you more careful? Do you have other people that did this before and you talked to them and they suggested it? Who was it? Like give people um, a reasonable explanation and set clear and honest expectations of what your followers can expect from you at this stage. And then talk about all the other things that happen in your business. Talk about how your hiring works. Talk about how your customer service works, how your scaling works, how your product development works, how your product management works, how uh, marketing and sales are changing. Just whenever you see something that is interesting because it's moving, because it was different once and now has changed, that is a great opportunity to share as well. It, at any stage, but particularly now in the stability stage, where scaling effects happen because you have found a repeatable way of selling your product, but now you need to change things for your business to actually scale. It's super interesting and people love those kind of messages. Let's talk about the last stage. Let's talk about the growth stage at this point because every entrepreneurial journey has a late stage phase. Will you sell your business? Will you keep working in the business? Will you take on investment or will you hire a replacement for you and just benefit from dividends as an owner, there are many potential avenues, and each is as exciting as the other, and people will want to hear about it. So here's a couple things worth sharing when you're scaling up. The first one is reflecting on your greater picture strategies. How will you scale your business? How will you continue to grow the impact that you have on your customers' lives? Few people ever get to experience these later stage challenges, even though every entrepreneur aspires to make it this far. By sharing your plans, your fears, and doubts included, you will give your followers a glimpse into the mind of an advanced entrepreneur. And the models that you use, the kinds of thinking that you do will be very, very instructive to people to see what kind of problems you have to face at that point and how you use those challenges to think up new strategies, to stabilize your business, to um, get more market share, whatever you do. And even your own personal uh, strategies. Like, do you want an exit? Do you want to keep working on there forever? That is very interesting. Let me get to that in a second. Um, The second thing you should be doing at this point is to share your explorations of the shifts and movements of the market, your industry, because you're one of the best informed experts in your field, and you have your finger on the pulse of the industry. What you can share with your audience will be incredibly insightful to them because there are few people who can they'll learn how to look at an industry as a whole, how to spot opportunities, and how to forecast the movement of people, goods, and services in any particular industry. And of course, this is something that you should be careful about because you don't want to overshare. You don't want to share too much so that people find it too easy of an opportunity to move into that market. But talking in more general terms, talking about predictions that you make, um, potential Um, new ways that you could move into this market that you might change uh, your perspective of your business into that in that market. All of these things you can share in a more generalized way and people will find it extremely insightful because again, you're one of the few people who has this insight, years, sometimes decades long insight into the market that can elevate you as a reputable expert in the field and in your community. And that's why you should talk about your market. You know, in some ways, this might invite competition. Yes, but so does other people doing the research, right? It's just talk about these things to encourage people to do this in their own markets, or maybe find another way of helping the people in your market without competing with you. And I know that's kind of hard because you don't want copycats, but that's that's kind of a a pre-building public thinking. That's also a pre-creator economy thinking because there are many, many niches out there for a lot of people to solidly make an income from. Like we don't have to compete with every single other person in the world. We can select with whom we compete. So share, explain. And since we're talking about explaining, let's also talk about explaining life-changing choices that you make for yourself and for your business. Because selling a business is a big deal. For yourself, your customers, and those who rooted for you every step along the way. Your followers will want to know what motivates you to make this choice, what work went into the preparations, and the the reflections, and how you feel about it. The same goes for taking on big investments, or making hard choices when hiring your own replacement, or just hiring in general. Explain these big choices, because those are the events that many of the people following you never experienced before, and might not experience in the future, or if they do, need help navigating those moments. And since navigating moments um, is something that I talk about a lot, because I talk to a lot of consulting clients and other founders about the problems that they're having, let's end this um, list of things you can share and when to share it with cataclysmic events. Let's talk about the negative side of all entrepreneurship, about risk and failure and disaster. The bad stuff that happens to you along your journey needs to be shared just as much as your success. That goes for small experiments and their win or lose outcomes, just as much as for the big events in your entrepreneurial life. Understand one thing, maybe, before we talk about what specific things you can be sharing, one thing is important to understand. You don't have to share anything. If it's too painful, just keep it to yourself If something has the potential to cause you great damage, don't shout it from the rooftops. Just always ask yourself, will sharing this help me and someone else on their learning journey? If it will help you and somebody else, if it's both, consider talking about it. If it's just one of them, maybe you, maybe them, or neither, don't go for it. You can can limit what you share. You don't have to overshare. And I just want to make this absolutely clear because we're talking about things now that are painful, that are hurtful, that show your vulnerability. And you only have to go as far as you like. I recommend to be vulnerable. I recommend to share this stuff because it will open up more conversations with people that might actually prove helpful to you. It will show you as a human being that other people might relate to it with more and then build more trust and relationships with other founders that you actually can benefit from. But that's just, what I'm trying to say is go your own way and only go as far as you like and can handle people follow entrepreneurs on Twitter, on LinkedIn, wherever, to see how the real world of business works. Nobody wants to see um, a fake version of reality because the businesses that we built as entrepreneurs happen in the real world. So we want to know more about that. If I personally follow a founder on Twitter, I expect them to be honest, to be realistic, and to be genuine. And messing up and making wrong decisions are part of this. I expect that I want people to talk about the hard stuff, the complicated stuff just as much as I want to see them shine in their brightest hour. I want to see people in all facets of their lives and I thrive to do the same in the content that I share as somebody who builds in public. And when I see people building in public or when I see people sharing and they're only sharing the good stuff, then I think they are censoring themselves and they are censoring what people could learn from the stuff that they are not talking about. It's not just celebrating in public. Sometimes we have to mention the rainy days too. And you'll be surprised about how much that resonates with the people who are invested in your journey. They will they will help you. They will support you, they will empower you if you are vulnerable with them. So your followers will be particularly interested in three things here. I'm going to talk about pivots, failures, and closing shop. Let's start with pivots. Sometimes We have to react to something that is outside of our control. Regulations impact whole new markets, some government changes something and then the industry has to shift around, or new technologies shift audience focus away from time-honored solutions. Pivoting in public is a surprisingly effective way of combining the feedback cycle benefits of building in public with the stark shift in entrepreneurial focus that you experience by pivoting. A founder who successfully pivots their business in front of their audience earns an incredible amount of respect from customers and founder peers alike. Because it's hard enough to pivot a business. It's hard enough to run a business, but to change what you're doing into something that works better and to do this while being um, exposed to this barrage of feedback from other people who think they know exactly what you should be doing. Now that is a skill. So if you pivot, if your business needs to change, if you need to move away from what you're doing because it doesn't work, do that in public. You will find incredibly helpful people out there who will support you as long as you tell them what you're doing. Now, if you pivot and you don't tell anybody about it, how can you expect people to support you? So talk about it. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to even make the choice to make a pivot. But if you do it, talk about it. You will find support. And the the same goes for, for failures that you don't pivot away from, stuff that just didn't work. Because things don't always work out big feature releases fizzle out or customers cancel or servers go up in metaphorical flames, the moments will be stressful whenever you experience those. And for any founder, right? Every founder hates when stuff doesn't work and you likely have other things on your mind than sharing that with the world at that point. But this can be a helpful way of getting an outside perspective to kind of, yeah, find a relative perspective here. You might even find emotional and entrepreneurial support When you report your struggles to your audience, consider that whenever we see someone that we care about sharing their vulnerabilities and talking about what didn't work, we have the urge to help. You'll find that support comes in many shapes and forms, but it will be there for you in your community because that's what the community is there for. Founders will help other founders. Just make sure of one thing, don't turn your honest sharing into a crash and burn spectacle. You don't want to talk um, about this in a yeah spectac- spectacular way. You don't want to like highlight the, the the craziness about it. You want to be reasonable and serious and factual, because you don't want to attract those who only watch out of spite. You because you know you want to have people help you that actually want to help and empower you. So even in those darkest moments of your journey, try to convey a message of hope. Share your learnings as well as the facts and people will come to your aid. I've experienced this a lot of times, and I've been on the giving side of that as well. When I see founders struggling, I go in there and I try to help them with whatever I can do. And sometimes it's just connecting them to somebody who can actually help them. That is an easy thing. And it's an enjoyable thing. And even if it's something harder, even if it takes time or effort on my end, I've had a lot of help in my own past and I'm trying to pay it forward. So that's what talking about failures really is. It's paying it forward so that others can benefit from your suffering in a way. That's really what it is. And finally, um, one of the saddest moments in every entrepreneurial journey, let's talk about closing shop. Let's talk about stopping running a business. Because some journeys, they come to an end before that time. No matter how much you try to validate your audience or their problem, your solution, there might come a day when your business just dries up. And usually that's caused by seismic shifts in the industry you're serving or something. You you might just find yourself in an inhospitable desert where before there was like a lush oasis of opportunity and you don't know what to do. And no matter how hard you try to pivot into something new, you run into walls. That could happen. And usually entrepreneurs are quick on their feet to adapt to changing landscapes, but there are times when it just won't work out and those businesses end. And that is something, as painful as it may seem, that is also important to share with your audience. And here's the light at the end of the tunnel, and I know how hard it is to want to see this, but no matter what happens to your business, that one particular business that you're building right now, building in public will make sure that your personal founder brand comes out of it stronger. The secret is to be honest at all times, which is why I talked about it so early, today. People will invest in you as a founder, not just your business idea. They will want to see you succeed long-term. Entrepreneurs know that there's always risk in building businesses. They will understand that some experiments just won't work out, big one or small, but maybe the next one might. Your followers will be there for you the next time around, so treat them well and share your thoughts and decisions and actions that happen when you're shutting down a business. A post-mortem report is expected in any technical field whenever there's a catastrophic event, right? If AWS goes down or some service, some, some random service that is used by a lot of people, they post a post-mortem report just to share learnings from what happened so that other people don't have to run into the same problem. The entrepreneurial world deserves those too, as we can all learn from the wins and losses of our fellow founders. So I know it's hard. I know you'll be busy trying to figure out something else, but take the time to report on what didn't work and how you went about it and what you did. People will resonate with that. And you as a founder, well, they, they will not stop following you just because your business didn't work, right? That's the thing. Like if you are on Twitter, you have no followers, you build in public for a couple months and you have a couple hundred followers and your business fizzles out, well, the followers will still be there. And for your next business, your next idea, your next embedded entrepreneurial project, you now have a hundred people to embed with. You now have a hundred people that are already following you, that can help you on your next step of their journey. And then you build your next thing. And maybe you get to a couple thousand followers and maybe this one works. Maybe it doesn't. There are more people now watching you, trying to help you and are interested in your journey. That's why we should talk about every single thing that happens along your building in public stage and about your business building, um, on your business building journey in, in, in general, because it invites people to invest in your journey. So share the good, share the bad, share the small and the huge, doesn't matter, and just oscillate from short-term tactic to long-term strategy and back. Just involve everything in your business. Your entrepreneurial journey is broad and varied experience. Make sure you're building public content communicates that to your audience. And when you reach the later stages of your business journey, it's often a good idea to look at your earlier content and reflect on how your perspective has changed over time. Revisiting old posts and recontextualizing them from a more experienced vantage point will show your expertise and allow your followers to understand that changing your mind is fine, that learning new things and then making different decisions is what entrepreneurship is all about. You want to be a source of motivation, inspiration, and imagination with everything you share on your Build and Public journey. And I hope that today you learned a couple things that you might be sharing in your own. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Avitkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-E-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, where I talk all about building businesses at zerotosold.com and the Embedded Entrepreneur, where I talk all about finding an audience, building an audience and building products out of that at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at If you want to support me in the Boots of podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.